Your goal should always be to flow the largest flow that your appliance or your nozzle is capable of. Enchanted Sky Media. Media. From the Federal Resources Studio, this is Code 3, the Firefighters Podcast, hosted by award-winning journalist Scott Orr. Code 3 features interviews with leading members of the fire service, discussing firefighting strategy, tactics, and other topics you need to know more about. Now, here's Scott. That's right, and I will not let Parkinson stop me. Thank you for joining me again here on Code 3. This is the show for and about firefighters. We're informing and entertaining members of the fire service, just like you, from coast to coast. How fast can you get a knockdown on your average structure fire? My guest today said you should see some effect in 30 seconds. If you don't, he says, you're not flowing enough water. Paul Shapiro is back to talk about overwhelming a fire with massive water. Paul's been involved with the fire service since 1981. He was an engineer with Las Vegas, Nevada Fire and Rescue for 28 years until he retired. He's a certified fire instructor three for Nevada, and he served on the faculty of many fire academies throughout the U.S. Paul wrote Lay in the Big Lines, a book on large flow water delivery, and we'll have more on how you can get that later. Paul Shapiro joins me now. Welcome to Code 3. Hi, Scott. How are you? I'm doing great, thanks. Well, let's get right into it. A lot of people will use an inch and three-quarter line in a standard nozzle as sort of a default. How much trouble does that cause? Well, it, it depends, obviously, on the situation. For your standard bedroom fires, interior attack fires, inch and three-quarter flows plenty of water. But when you start getting into the fully involved structures, including homes, unless you're willing to pump the line up to 200 to 225, which can be done, and and sit on it, you're not going to get enough water to put the fire out. You're going to see basically the stream evaporating within the fire itself. Now, Kurt Isaacson likes to point out that you can get a knockdown on a lot of fires with just the onboard tank water if you apply it correctly. Do you agree? Absolutely. I've, I've done some flow tests. Well, I should say some controlled burns. I used to go to a city called Gary, Indiana, where they have a lot of abandoned structures, and we would actually light the structures on fire and pull the, the line of choice and time how long it would take to get a knockdown. We were using 500 GPM as our as our flow, and I got knockdowns within 16 seconds. One of them I even did in five seconds. That's on a 500-gallon booster tank. If it takes five seconds for a, a knockdown, you're looking at less than 100 gallons of water at 500 gallons per minute. If you have a good shot at the fire and you've done your size up correctly and you are aware of a certain amount of water can do to certain size fire, then I think it's a, a pretty good shot that you're going to get it. On the other hand, what if you don't? Do you lay a supply line if you're first in or hope your tank will do the job before it runs out? Well, you definitely lay a supply line. This is not. This does not negate the, the 
use of a supply line. What you're doing, though, is you're starting your attack possibly two to three minutes before you would if you're waiting for a supply line. And you know as well as I do, three minutes on a fully involved or well-involved structure could make a big difference. Now, whether your first in unit lays the line or not, that's a department policy, but this can definitely be done on tank water. Let me diverge from this a little bit. I want to talk about something I've seen on YouTube lately. You know, okay. you may you may have seen this also. A lot of people who shoot videos, their pre-arrival show the first units arriving and, and essentially taking their time getting set up. But I'm curious if that, that wasted time doesn't make it possible to put the fire out with tank water. Well, again, that depends on the situation. But if you're going for a blitz attack, you definitely want to be in a, in a not in a hurry, but very quick with your operations. It's not like setting up for surround and drown where you have several minutes sometimes to set up. You want to stop this thing now before it gets out of control. That means quick action. That means training. That means the pump operator needs to know exactly what pressure to pump and the firefighters need to know what their target is and, and what the whole plan is. It's important to understand that you're not trying to extinguish the fire. If you get an extinguishment, that's great. You're trying to stop the fire from spreading. That's the main goal. I'll be back with more right after this. When that call comes in and you rush to head out, the last thing you're thinking about is your safety. But your safety is all Federal Resources thinks about. At Federal Resources, we work to make sure that every responder is equipped, trained, and ready to come home safely. You look out for everyone else. Let us look out for you. Learn more at federalresources.com. Let's talk stack tips. Why are they a problem? They are a problem because a lot of firefighters will, normally the, 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 the master stream appliance is stored with the whole stack on there, inch and three-eighths, inch and a half, inch and three-quarter, and two-inch. And a lot of times when you go to a big fire and you need all the water you can get, they do not take the stack off. Is that a mistake when they leave the stack tips on, or is that just the way they do it normally? Well, I tend to think it's the way they just normally do it. I, a lot of people, unless you're an engineer, a lot of firefighters, I hate to say this, don't understand the ratings of their nozzle. And because and, if you did, you'd definitely know that a two-inch tip is warranted on a fully involved structure. Is there any good reason not to use the biggest line in the highest volume nozzle you can? Only if you don't have the water supply. To me, that's the only reason. You could always, your goal should be to always flow the max unless otherwise told to by your company officer or the situation itself that dictate a lower flow. But your goal should always be to flow the largest flow that your appliance or your nozzle is capable of. So then, in your experience and from what you've heard, why would we not do that? Good question. I don't know. 
<laughs> I think it's habit, and I think it's a lack of understanding of water versus fire and how much is needed. Now, I understand from what I've researched that a one and three quarter is not always the same. Can you explain that? Yes. Uh, NFPA doesn't keep tight control with the manufacturers on actual size of the hose. And not not all, but some manufacturers will oversize their hose, even their two-and-a-half-inch hose, for hopes of getting better friction loss numbers. And to me, that's okay, but you got to understand what you're using. I'll give you an example. There's this one hose that actually measures out to 1.88 or 1 and 7 eighths. And to me, it's the greatest small hand line on the planet. But people call it inch and three quarter. I don't know if it's more confusing to call it inch and seven and three quarter, but you got to understand that it's actually not an inch and three quarter line. So that line flows more GPMs normally than than you might expect out of an inch and three quarter. Right. You still have to pump it accordingly, but I've been able to get 300 GPM out of this particular line that I'm talking about on a um, 200-foot line with an inch and a quarter tip. Now, that sounds like a good way to overwhelm the fire with water, but you're also dumping out your onboard tank in a big hurry with that. Well, you are. And if you're on tank water, you do have to be careful. My my rule, I, I treat every tank like it's a 500-gallon tank, even though we've got some 750s out there. And I say use half of your tank, and the engineer actually has to count to 30, half a minute, and if you, in half a minute, if you don't have a knockdown, and the whole crew has to know this, if you don't have a knockdown in half a minute, then you shut down and wait for a supply line. Now, in your experience, how often does that happen? If you're flowing the right amount of water, and, and I like 500 GPM for a blitz attack. I mean, if you're going to do this. Do it right. Yeah. And I would say if you're, if you got a direct line, of sight or your stream is hitting the target, which is the fire, and you've done your size up correctly and you know 500 GPM can handle a fire this size, you're usually getting a knockdown in about 10 to 15 seconds. Very rarely does it take 30 seconds. It's more with the compartmentized structures, like, say, a fully involved house and, and fires in every room, and, of course, you have walls that you have to penetrate or at least let the steam get through. And those could take a little longer, but on like garage fires or commercial fires where it's kind of open, 500 GPM is a pretty good knock on it. Now, are you talking about an aggressive interior attack when you talk about this, or are you talking about hitting it hard from outside through a window or a door? Generally outside. Again, we're talking about big fires that are probably in most cases unsafe to go interior until you knock it down from the outside. Right. Because if you're going interior, then you can go in with the the inch and three-quarter, 150 GPM lines. Where do you stand on departments that are still using an inch and a half? Inch and a half can flow 150 GPM, which is the, the, I guess, for lack of a better word, the, the nationally recognized interior attack flow. So as long as they're pumping their lines right, and they're getting the right water to it, you know, they have the right engine pressure and everything, 
I don't see a problem with inch, in, inch and a half hose as long as you know that if you need more water, you've got to go to a bigger line. Whereas this oversized inch and three quarter hose can actually do both. It can do a small flow and a large flow. I actually recommend not replacing the two and a half pre-connect, but putting this one right next to it and having a, a big hose blitz line and a small hose blitz line. And you have the choice of which line you want to use. And, and the, the, the payoff for the small line, it flows just as much water, but it's a lot easier to drag once it's charged. Right. So with the inch and a half, you can move faster and be more mobile. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. But again, remember that the inch and a half would just be for interior attack lines. You won't be getting the big flows you need for a blitz attack out of it. This comes with experience. Experience in knowing what size flow is needed for what size of fire. Generally speaking, a 500 GPM stream can handle, let's say, a storefront the size of your 7-Eleven or your convenience store. Definitely fully involved homes and garages. You get the bigger fires that you're going to need heavy master streams for. But I say that it's worth the effort. And it could save a lot of lives and property by knocking the fire down faster. You just got to be careful and and know your uh, limitations. And your main limitation is the booster tank. Just know how much you can flow while still keeping a reserve amount of water in case it doesn't work. All right, Paul Shapiro, thanks for joining me today. Oh, you're quite welcome. And we've put some more information about Overwhelming a Fire and Paul's book on our website at code3podcast.com slash flow. Check it out. Here comes your trivia question. How hot does a flashover get? I'll have the answer right after this. Ever notice that Scott always tells you that you can get a guest's book at our website, code3podcast.com? That's because we have links to order their books from Amazon on the episode's show notes pages. It makes it easy for you to get the books, and it helps support Code 3. When you buy Amazon through our website, we get a small cut too. And it doesn't cost you any more to order through us. Plus, there are other firefighter-related products there too. Take a look at Code3Podcast.com. Here's the trivia answer. A flashover can get up to 2,700 degrees. Which means if you're caught in the room with one, you're about to have a very, very bad day. Hey, I got an interesting email the other day. The subject was Allied Anti-Shock Trousers. That got my attention. The message was brief. It said, Hi, do you sell the above item? I need three adult trousers, please, with pump and case. Let me know. Geez, I didn't even know they were still made. <laughs> Anyway, the guy who sent the email was obviously a little confused about what a podcast is. (laughs) All right, that's it. That's all for this edition of Code 3. Thank you for listening. I'll be back next time with more, and I hope you'll be here too. I'm Scott Orr, and until then, I'll see you later. Code 3 is made possible through the generous support of Federal Resources. Visit them at federalresources.com. This show is a production of Enchanted Sky Media. To contact us, get more information on today's show, or to subscribe to the podcast, go to Code3Podcast.com.